Welcome to AZ TechCast, sponsored by the Arizona Technology Council, with your hosts, Steve Zylstra and Karen Nowitz. AZ TechCast is dedicated to covering innovation and technology in Arizona and beyond. Broadcasted monthly, AZ TechCast invites leading experts to have real conversations about what is happening in the tech sector across the state of Arizona. From regional news to innovative startups, companies, and emerging technologies, AZ TechCast covers the critical issues and economic trends propelling the state's growing tech ecosystem. From Flagstaff to Yuma, Arizona is home to numerous educational institutions that are evolving rapidly to keep pace with the state's tremendous economic growth. Every day, they are rolling out new programs, adding new classes, and upskilling their educators to train the manufacturers, engineers, scientists, and inventors of tomorrow. And on that note, welcome to Phoenix Business Radio X. I'm Karen Nowicki, president and owner of Phoenix Business Radio X, and I'd like to welcome you to AZ TechCast, sponsored by the Arizona Technology Council. AZ TechCast is dedicated to covering innovation and technology in Arizona and beyond. Broadcasted monthly, AZ TechCast invites tech and business experts to have real conversations about what's happening across the state of Arizona. AZ TechCast discusses the critical issues, the topics and trends propelling the state's growing tech ecosystem. So please, on that note, join me in giving a warm welcome to today's features guests. Next to me, we have Rob Bilo, Program Director of AZ Next Workforce Development Partnership, Welcome back to the studio-ish. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> Very glad to be here. We had you on, well, I think I, you were on just a general house show with me, Phoenix Business Radio. Right. Yes, and you came on remotely. So today we get to see you in, in living color. In, in 3D. Per, in 3D. <laughs> and I think I looked back, it was uh, February, a year ago that you mm -hmm. were on. And then you just shared with me that uh, we've already got you slated for another episode, yeah. I think, in a yeah. couple of weeks. We so. should be coming back with Laura. So Excellent. Happy to have you here. And didn't have to travel too far nope. on the main ASU campus. Just a couple minutes. Very good. Well, welcome. Dr. Daniel Kaur, president of Arizona Western College. Welcome. Great to be here. Yuma. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The agricultural capital of the world. Yes, I can't tell you the last time I was like actually spent time in Yuma. I think it was high school when I was swimming for a, a, a Tempe high school. Well, we have to have you back. I, I passed through. Well, the trick is to stop, get some of the world's greatest carne asada tacos, and then get on your way to San Diego. I will do that okay. for sure next time. Excellent. Very good. And I appreciate the invite. I'll, I'll swing by. Kathy Prather, CEO and Superintendent of Pima Joint Technical Education District. And I don't know the acronym for that, but I'm sure you're going to uh, share it for us. Absolutely. That's, uh, yeah, Joint Technical Education District, Pima JTED. JTED. Okay, I wasn't sure if that's how I were to, was to pronounce it. So these accomplished experts are joining us here today, along with Steve Zalstra, who's the president and CEO of Arizona Technology Council, in discussing each institution's unique approaches to building the highly skilled and diverse workforce of the future. Let's have Steve have a moment to introduce yourself as well, please, and tell us a little about, about Arizona Technology Council for those who are you know living under a rock and don't know. <laughs> well, it's great to be here and uh, welcome to our guests. Uh, the Arizona Technology Council is a statewide trade association representing science and technology-based enterprises. We do uh, public policy advocacy at the state and federal level on behalf of our members. I was just in Washington, D.C. this week. We do over 100 events between uh, Tucson and Phoenix. Uh, we do have members around the state. We have about 750 member companies. We have a number of publications, and uh, we negotiate lower-cost products and services on behalf of our members. So a full-service trade association representing the tech industry. Fantastic. Thank you. We'd always like to have you start by sharing a little bit about your role and the eco, you know, how you serve the Arizona technology ecosystem. I'm going to start with Rob. And then after that, Steve and I will both take turns kind of asking questions. Feel free to jump in and, and kind of share off of each other, ask questions of each other if you want to. We have a, a full complement of questions and topics we want to cover. And we don't always want to have to direct. So like we would if we were having a cup of coffee, just jump in there and we'll go from there. So Rob, if you would please introduce yourself to our audience uh, and how you and your organization serve our community. Thank you, Karen. Well, again, I'm Rob Bilo. I am the program director for the AZNEX Workforce Development Partnership uh, at Arizona State University. 
what we are is we are a U.S. Department of Labor-funded grant that focuses on developing the workforce training infrastructure for all of the high-tech jobs that are going to be coming to the state. We focus on the areas of IT, cybersecurity, and advanced manufacturing, and we develop programs that can range anywhere from a two-day boot camp to a two-year apprenticeship, uh, all with the idea of providing the skill sets that our workforce needs currently. How did you land there? I worked in uh, aerospace manufacturing for 20-plus years. There I did everything from uh, customer management to project and program management. After I got out of my corporate career, I was looking for something where I could potentially give back. This opportunity opened up, and I was lucky enough to land. Fantastic. Thank you. Kathy, if you don't mind going next, since we've got you remote, and then we'll have uh, Daniel finish up. Thank you. Uh, my name is Kathy Prather, and I'm the CEO and superintendent of Pima JTED. And Pima JTED is one of 14 career and technical education districts, known as CTEDs, in Arizona. And we specialize in providing high school students, and a few of us do also work with adults. But for the most part, we serve high school students, and we deliver career and technical education training across the state through our various CTED central campus and also our satellite campuses that are located throughout the state at our member school districts. Pima JTED specifically in Southern Arizona, we serve 27,000 students right now in satellite and central locations. Our programs include robotics, automation, engineering, construction technology, bioscience, health careers, medical and health areas, including medical assisting, licensed nursing assistant, and many, many more. One of the things that we really focus on is we want to ensure that the students leave our programs with nationally recognized industry credentials that they can take with them as they go on in their career, but actually most of them do go on to post-secondary education. Wow, impressive. And, and how long have you been the superintendent then? This is my sixth year as superintendent of Pima JTED. And before that, I was involved in administration as a career and technical education director. And then before that, I was a teacher and school administrator. Wonderful. Thank you for the background and, and for the way in which you're serving now. Daniel. So I am uh, Daniel Kaur, the proud president of Arizona Western College, one of Arizona's 10 community colleges. We're located in Yuma, Arizona serving both Yuma and La Paz County. So we've got about 11,500 students, uh, uh, the fastest growing community college in Arizona. And we offer traditional transfer courses for those folks who are looking to earn an associate's on the way to a baccalaureate. But then increasingly, our focus is on CTE, you know, providing workforce skills training that can range, again, from a two-week period to a two-year period and everything in between. So uh, super excited to share some of the good news going on at Arizona Western and really all of Arizona's community colleges. That's what's so exciting about our conversations while you each show up very specifically. And Steve, you and I were talking about this last night at the Mixer for Arizona Technology Council. We are such a collaborative state, particularly if you're connected with the Arizona Technology Council. We're always looking at how can we do better? How can we help more? And how can we make sure that everybody is educated around the great services that we offer? Excellent. So let's back up just a bit and have, um, if you, one or all of you, could help define workforce development and why it's important for Arizona's statewide economic growth. We'll start with kind of that baseline question, then we have a lot uh, deeper questions to go from from there. Well, the why, I'll jump in there. I, I mean, why the race to attract business and industry to your local community all revolves around a trained and skilled workforce, right? So we're very close partners with the Greater Yuma Economic Development Corporation. And their job is to attract business to Yuma, right? To create thriving communities, to create jobs. And that's the first question. The second question and the third question of those companies are, what's the workforce like? And is there an ability to train that workforce? So that's really the why. It's no longer can a community college or ASU or anyone else serve separate from business and industry. We need to be responsive to business and industry. So they're coming for very specific skill sets, and it's incumbent on all our organizations to make sure that we're training folks to fit those, uh, to give them those skill sets to fill those jobs. I'd like to uh, piggyback on that. And uh, 
as what we do as CTEDs and JTEDs in Arizona, it, we work with high school students. And because our high school students are, for the most part, very savvy when it comes to technology and emerging, emerging uh, technologies, what we do is we're able to get them certified and get them ready to go out into the workplace. So as new companies come into town, as existing companies are needing additional workforce, we want to make sure that everyone's aware that we have high school students that are certified and ready to go into many entry-level positions across the state. Yeah, and if I can add into that, I think that, you know, the experiential learning aspect of workforce development has become so critical, mm-hmm. uh, especially with all, all the high-tech jobs that we are talking about here. It's not enough that a person just have a diploma or a degree. They need to understand how to work, how to operate in the workforce, as well as have the technical skills. So workforce development is integral with economic development. And in the same way, there are lots of stakeholders. Can can uh, each of you sort of speak to who are all the stakeholders involved with workforce development uh, across Arizona? And uh, what are the methods for collaboration between these organizations? You know, again, I'll, I'll jump in with a very concrete example that just occurred in Yuma in the, in the last six months, Steve. Believe it or not, prior to about six months ago, Yuma did not have an inpatient mental health facility. Someone undergoing some mental health crisis literally was strapped into an ambulance and driven three hours to Phoenix, right? It just breaks your heart to even think about that. Local hospital, Yuma Regional Medical Center, stepped forward and opened up a 26-bed facility. Immediately, the conversation was, how are we going to staff this? Arizona Western College jumped into the fray. We created a behavioral technician certificate, partnering with our our local CTED now. Then NAU, one of our university partners, jumps because then you needed the baccalaureate and master's trained folks to do different things in that facility. So right there is an example, right? The hospital was a stakeholder. Our students were a stakeholder. Our community, who will benefit from this uh, inpatient center, stakeholders. Universities were stakeholders. We did get some state funding. Government was a stakeholder. You know, I can go on and on, but that was a, a the, just that collaboration that you talked about in Arizona coming together. And now our community, Yuma, has a 26-bed inpatient mental health facility, and that's good for everyone. Excellent example. Yeah, I would expand on that and say that, I mean, the stakeholders really are limitless because when we're talking about the state of Arizona, obviously any sort of economic benefit is eventually going to help everybody in the entire state. So when you talk about stakeholders, it really can be anybody from government all the way down to just the average everyday citizen because the more we have companies like TSMC, Intel Expanding, you the bet. more opportunities that we're going to have, and that is going to, you know, increase the economic opportunities for the entire state down to the local communities as well. I agree. One of the things that is really changing right now, it, at least in Southern Arizona, is we're seeing much more involvement from our university and community college systems with the high schools. We're seeing many more uh, purposefully articulated programs, pathways that are laid out. But it really is all in response to business and industry. And so we have to be ready to pivot and change and adapt with our programs and be somewhat dynamic, which is pretty much unheard of in the K-12 system. But we are making it happen and we want to be responsive to the emerging technologies and the needs. One of the things that we do with career and technical education across the state of Arizona is we have nine professional skills that were uh, determined by a council of business and industry many years ago. And these are what we might call soft skills or professional skills or success skills, but they're things like communication, collaboration, ethics, et cetera. But now we're looking at making changes to those to include sustainability, knowledge about what is artificial intelligence and how it affects career possibilities in the future. So we have to be able to change and adapt, but, Everything we do is really based on the guidance that we uh, receive from our business and industry partners through our business and industry advisory councils. A follow-up question to that. So the Arizona Technology Council, while almost all the 
academic institutions in Arizona are members, for the most part, we represent the employer community, the technology uh, industry. From what I could tell, uh, workforce development involves a lot of public-private partnerships and integrating and aligning the, the public goals along with the goals of individual enterprises. Can uh, any of you speak to these kinds of public-private partnerships and how they work in this environment? I can give an example of one that we have in uh, in Tucson currently, and this has enabled us to expand um, our locations. I'm working with local uh, developer and business and industry. We've been able, able actually to uh, privately fund a new campus entirely through private funds with business and industry coming together, um, recently raising $13 million privately through community support. And so it's just really based on the need and the community wanting to see an additional new campus to deliver career and technical education. And so that's just one example that we have going on in Southern Arizona. Very cool. I think I can add another example that I think would be a really good uh, way of showing how the different stakeholders are working together. Uh, We're currently working on a project uh, with an organization called Fresh Start here in Phoenix, uh, which works uh, with women. And we're working with them to develop a training program for their membership that would allow them to learn basic machine language programming and then go on to earn a certificate in Salesforce uh, development, which we then have partnered with one of the major consulting firms here in Phoenix to say, I need Salesforce developers. If you get these folks trained and certified, I'll bring them in potentially as permanent hires, but definitely as interns. So that's one way we're able to bring the various stakeholders together through workforce development. Stephen, you hit the nail on the head. It's all about partnerships, right? The long gone are the days where we can act in isolation uh, of each other and business and industry. So very quick example, we got a call from the governor's office a couple of months ago, fiber optic company coming to Yuma to install, to tear up our streets, but install high-speed fiber optic. They needed 200 folks trained up quickly. Arizona Western College responded quickly. Two-week program uh, two, 200 folks now have a job that can sustain their family. We have high-speed fiber optic. The company is happy. The governor's office is happy. That's, that's what we're all doing. That's, that's our charge. And it's not, again, long gone are the days where we created some curriculum, threw it out and said, take it or leave it. This is what we're offering. We're now responding uh, to industry needs, government needs, community needs. Well, the risk is if we're not doing that, right, we're turning out a workforce that is not aligned with the demand and the need as fast as it's changing. So it's critical that we have these conversations, these collaborations, and finding out what is the need. So again, we bring in big industry. Yeah, and if we're not responding, I'm going to wake up one day and Amazon University is going to be across the street, and they're going to clean our clock. Uh, So if we're not being responsive— uh, someone will. You say that quite seriously. I absolutely. Yeah. Well, you see it. it. Business and industry are doing their own training. Yep. If 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 it makes more sense and creates a a better employee or more profit or can be done more efficiently or effectively, they'll do it. And that's why we need to be on on the front edge of making sure that they don't, so we can be viable. We have to stay ahead of that wave of economic growth because otherwise, you know, I'm. It's great that all these companies are coming here, but if we don't have the trained workforce for them, they're not coming here. They're not, they're (laughs) going to say, well, thanks anyway. So that begs the question then, I know a little bit about the tech industry, but what are some of the most in-demand industries, skills, jobs that are being generated that are training is required, training or education is required? What's going on in Arizona to really uh, fuel this economic development boom? Healthcare uh, is is huge. Uh, advanced manufacturing and tech all just uh, uh, through the roof in terms of employer demand for, for a skilled workforce. What we're seeing is we're seeing we need the need for application developers. We're seeing the need for IT help desk support. Healthcare, as you mentioned, is huge, but it really runs the gamut. Uh, now, especially when we talk about some of the semiconductor companies c- coming to Arizona, they're looking for technicians. They need technicians who are trained 
in semiconductor manufacturing. Right now, that's kind of hard to find. So we need to come up with these programs to develop all these folks. Yes, in Southern Arizona, the hot topic is uh, are the is the battery company coming to town, uh, the American Battery Factory, and it's a sizable, large employer for the size of the Tucson metro area, and the skills that are needed for that, the automated uh, systems, the the basic manufacturing, much of which is entry level skills, and so that's why we're ramping up what we're doing with our high school students to enable them to have those those basic manufacturing skills mechatronics as one example. Well, we hear in the uh, popular media that there's a lot of demand for talent also in construction, tourism, skilled trades. Are, are those, is that what you're seeing as well? Absolutely. And especially exclamation point on construction. We're doing a little building uh, on our campus and it's not going as quickly or as cost effectively as we had hoped. And part of that has to do with labor shortage. That's a whole nother segment, a whole nother episode, right? (laughs) Goodness. Let's go ahead and take a quick break to acknowledge one of our sponsors, and then we'll continue on with the conversation. We'd like to thank Arizona Commerce Authority, AZ TechCast 2023 Innovation Sponsor. The Arizona Commerce Authority is the state's leading economic development organization with a streamlined mission to grow and strengthen Arizona's economy. Let's take a moment to hear from them. Our streamlined pro-business approach helps you achieve more by putting less between you and future success. Less red tape, lower taxes, less distance separating you from the tech leaders of tomorrow. This innovative ecosystem will supply your business with tools and resources to compete in the 21st century and beyond. But your future is more than just business success. In Arizona, the lifestyle you want is at your fingertips. Explore cities known for their Southwest heritage and modern vision. Enjoy beautiful scenery and endless outdoor activities on land, water, or snow. And if you're looking for a little friendly competition, we've got plenty of teams to choose from. With constant sunshine, vibrant culture, and natural wonder, Arizona provides a style of living that's entirely unique. People from all over the world call our state home. From student leaders who fill the classrooms of our top-ranked universities to a skilled and abundant workforce that's ready for what's next. To the neighbors, friends, and peers we interact with daily, Arizonans are united by a pioneering spirit that moves us forward. So as you look to the future, know that it's filled with the perfect balance of innovation and high-quality living that makes life better here. Welcome back, everyone. So obviously, we're the Arizona Technology Council and represent technology companies across uh, Arizona. How does technology skill building evolve first from K through 12 to higher education? And what does it look like for mid-career professionals looking to either upskill or reskill? Thank you, Steve. Yeah, thank you. Um, When we're looking at K-12 and technology, it, it has been difficult traditionally for K-12 to keep up with the tech advances uh, due to the expense and budgets and so forth. And so what we do more and more is look to our business and industry partners to not only guide us, but to assist us with the technology to know what's coming, what's down the road, and then also to help us uh, locate and, and pay for and implement that technology. And part of that comes from uh, the faculty, another example of a public-private partnership that we have in a couple of different different instances would be, for example, with Raytheon, we have a need for cybersecurity talent, teachers that, that have the latest knowledge. And so we have a teacher on loan from Raytheon who is a cybersecurity expert who works with our students two nights a week and teaches a night class. And so that enables us to keep up with that latest technology because he's coming directly from industry. Another example would be a pharmacy tech instructor that we have on loan from Banner University Medicine that teaches our pharmacy tech program. So we're able to keep up through our faculty that come to us from industry and then also from the guidance from industry. So that's 
how we are keeping up with it at this point. Very cool. Thank you. Steve, I'll take a little different approach to that and talk about how uh, community colleges, Arizona Western College in in, um, in particular, has just changed our approach to delivering the training, the skills needed. For a long time, we bundled our programs together into certificates and degrees, and it was a collection of credits. Now we're unbundling those skills, right? So it, it's a matter of uh, just-in-time training, right? So the analogy that kind of sticks in my head is when I was a kid and, and an album came out and you liked a couple of songs, you bought the album. No one buys the album anymore, right? You buy the songs. That's the way education is responding to this to, to technology needs because industry, your employer, Steve, don't want to buy the album. They want someone who comes with those specific songs or skills. Now, then you can build on it and you can move up, but it's unbundling our curriculum. It's developing just-in-time training to get folks to meet the industry needs. That's the kind of the, the great upheaval that's occurring in higher education right now. And I think to continue on when we talk about the university system, which is where I'm part of or what I'm part of, but obviously yeah. that is the place where typically you would go to, to get those high-tech skills, the high-tech degrees. And Arizona's university system is a fantastic way to do that. But really what we're finding is what the employers are looking for. In addition to that degree, they want these students to have experiential learning. They want them to take internships. They want them to be part of projects that they're working on. They need the soft skills. So critical. Um, one, I mean, they, they've really come, or one of the biggest feedbacks that we've gotten from our industry partners is, you know what, the technical skills, fine, give them the basis. I can teach them the rest, but make sure that they have those communication skills, those business skills so that they can interact and be part of the team and be more effective immediately. And there's nothing like worst-based experience to really enhance, uh, anyone's educational uh, experience. Um, I'd always like to throw in a question that maybe you didn't expect. There is no hotter topic in the technology field today than AI. With the advent of chat GPT, as you know, that's going to have a dramatic impact on education at, at every level. Can each of you sort of speak to how you see that impacting your worlds? Thank you, Steve. Um, in our world, we are doing everything possible to embrace it. As I mentioned earlier, we intend to bring it into one of our embedded professional skills that are delivered in every single one of our technical programs. And that is uh, for our students to be aware of what it is and the impact, but also how to use it to their advantage. We feel that if students do not know how to use it, then they're at a disadvantage already with those that are using it. We are seeing use of it in a, at least one of our classrooms where a teacher who teaches 3D animation and virtual reality, the students would create their animations and then they would have to manually code and convert the code to C-sharp for their animations to display on a fan hologram system. And so now using ChatGPT, they're able to have the AI do the conversion so the students can actually focus on their creative approach and the animation that they're designing instead of doing the time, taking the time to manually code. So that's just one example, but we have a program we're working on right now to roll out next year with our faculty so that everyone's aware of it and the idea of it and how to use it is embedded into our programs. But we're just at the very beginning of that. Yeah, at ASU, we really are looking at AI as it's coming. It's going to be here. Right. You, it's right. just another tool that's going to be part of the overall toolbox. So you do need to understand how to, how to, how to, how to use it. So we are currently working to integrate uh, AI into our existing curriculum. We're also looking at, you know, potential AI courses for our workforce development. So non-credit type courses so that we can, you know, train technicians in AI because they're going to need it. It's coming. It is. Well, it's not coming. It's, it's here. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah much the same. It, 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 ignore it at your own peril. So you have to embrace it, uh, use it to your advantage, 
train or teach to the ethical uses of it, the dangers of it, but you have to address it and you have to address it straight on. And then, you know, the, 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 the kind of the hot topic among faculty, of course, is use of AI to write term papers and things along those lines. So then you just have to be a step ahead. There are different ways to assess knowledge. Uh, the traditional five to seven page term paper is one of them, but there are a lot of other ones. So you, you, you can, you can gauge someone's understanding of the material outside of the traditional methods and maybe, maybe outsmart, use your own intelligence uh, to outsmart the artificial intelligence. It's also likely to have a pretty big impact on what the workforce development skill skills we need in the future are, right? Because there are going to be some that are much more important and some that are no longer important. So I think it's going to change the mix uh, pretty profoundly. I've been hogging the podium all day. I'm going to turn it back to Karen. I don't mind at all. I, I love it when you're here with me. How does education differ between universities, community colleges, trade schools, and what important roles do each of the entities play in workforce development? Probably not as much as you think. Really? Uh, at least when we're talking about workforce development. Okay. I think listening to the three of us today, you're hearing a very similar vibe coming from all of us. Now, obviously, you know, there's differences in, I guess what you'd say, skill level between a university and K through 12. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about workforce development, I really do think that we complement each other. We're able to offer differing levels of training and we can provide pathways for students when they start in high school, all the way through community college. They want to follow up with a post-secondary degree, they go to university. Pathways is the key word there, right? That and seamless pathways. And I think we're all working very hard, uh, K-12 community colleges, universities to blur those lines, right? We, we really don't want uh, a big decision point between those, uh, uh, those um, entities, right? We want to blur the lines. We, we teach a lot of high school students at the community college. A lot of our community college students are concurrently taking courses at universities. So uh, when we articulate curriculum and blur the lines, it really is a pathway. Pathways with multiple stopouts into the workforce and then circling back in uh, to education for additional training. So Arizona, I will tell you, does that better than most. And I think what you're hearing today is that collaboration. Now, there's also a little bit of healthy competition too, right? So if I look over my shoulder at the, uh, you know, 800-pound gorilla that is ASU, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on what they're doing and how they're doing it, maybe stealing a couple of ideas from them. So uh, there's healthy competition, but for the most part, collaboration, coordination, pathways. Those are necessary for our state to grow. Absolutely. Kathy, anything to add to this conversation? In addition to the pathways, we like to also look at stackable credentials and let the students know that they're on a pathway, but they can take a course, get a credential, add to it, add another credential. And so the idea of stackable credentials and licenses and certificates is really important to our students. So, uh, I was going to add one go more. Ahead. Well, I was going to add a question, but I don't know if, if anybody is prepared to speak to it. And maybe it's you, Steve. Trades. We don't have anybody necessarily representing trades, but these trade schools are critical for our workforce development, are they not? They are, but particularly, uh, you know, for the for the technicians and those kinds of uh, positions in uh, in the tech industry, particularly in the manufacturing industry. It's a it's a critical area as well, and. Uh, it's been tough for the trades to attract the uh, the kind of talent that's necessary. I think we've got really good training providers uh, throughout the state uh, in the trades, but um, you know, attracting the talent's been the biggest challenge. And I don't know if anyone wants to add to that. Well, you're right. So I have a yeah, and part of that has to do with the public per perception, right? And and for a couple of generations now, we've been sold on the notion that a a university degree is a must. And, and I have a university degree. We all have it. it it's wonderful, right? And, and, and needed. But then for some, it's not needed. And, and we've discouraged folks from pursuing the trades. We've, we've, uh, and there's, there's a public image problem there that needs to be addressed so we can build that pipeline uh, in the trades that Steve just spoke of. 
Yeah, and and uh, the other thing is that manufacturing uh, also has uh, sort of a bad brand, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. People mm-hmm. still tend to believe that manufacturing is sort of a dirty environment and so on, which couldn't be uh, any farther from the truth. Uh, manufacturing floors uh, today, you can almost eat off them. Uh, technology is is everywhere, robotics, automation, and provide really high paying, high quality opportunities. And uh, so like the trades, uh, you know, it's, it's a brand problem and it's harder to attract talent to those kinds of jobs as opposed to some of the sexier technology opportunities. Yeah. Steve, so I, I want to go ahead, Rob. Well, I was just going to say, and I, I think the key there is we've got to catch them young. You know, we've got yep. to dispel that myth that it's all, you know, a steel plant, that this is really what it looks like and show them TSMC, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let me just add to that. I think all of you are partners like we are with uh, an organization called Pipeline AZ. Right. And Pipeline AZ now has a collaboration with the Arizona Education, the Arizona Department of Education to provide career exploration opportunities for all public school students uh, in in Arizona. And uh, it's very much built on pathways, uh, which we've all discussed today. And uh, I think that's gonna be a real opportunity to give exposure to students much earlier in their educational pursuits and hopefully get them excited about some of these opportunities that we're talking about today. So I wanted to turn to uh, something very important to the Arizona Technology Council and that's um, DEI. It's an area that we focus um, a, a great deal on. Can each of you speak to how your individual institutions um, provide opportunities for uh, both diverse and underrepresented uh, uh, learners to pursue, the, pursue their academic and professional credentials? Yes, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Um, when we're looking at uh, diversity and, and inclusion, we purposefully built our newest campus in South Tucson near the intersection of I-10 and I-19 so that we could provide our opportunities and that they would be accessible to that section of town where we see quite a bit of diversity in students from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. And as with all CTEDs, we do not charge tuition. Everything we do is tuition-free and fee-free, including the community college uh, credits that we offer through Pima Community College in our programs. So by providing that accessibility, I think that is the first step in being nearby where students can access from various backgrounds. Um, But that said, we still uh, pull from all parts of Tucson, Metro Tucson, parts of Santa Cruz County, and part of Pinal County. But I think that uh, accessibility is number one. And then also in delivery of what we do, it's really critical that we make sure that we teach with fidelity and that our students understand that these opportunities are for everyone. So there is uh, a great deal of professional development put into those topics to ensure that our delivery is delivered in the way we want. So thank you. Yeah, Steve, appreciate the question. Let me tell you a little bit about Arizona Western College's students. 76% of our students are Hispanic. 55% of our students' English is not their native language. Here's a statistic I'm super proud of. 72% of our students are first generation, the first in their family to go to college. The highest percentage of any community college in Arizona, one of the highest percentages of any community college in the nation. Our students are also profoundly impacted by poverty. And we have a very high full Pell eligibility rate. We are the venue. We are the venue to prosperity and out of poverty for, for our community. And we're super proud of that. And it, and it moves beyond just the statistics to making sure that they're exposed to STEM careers, engineering careers, what, that the wide range of careers are all open to them offered in their community in a culturally sensitive manner. So we're super proud of what we're doing. And we are, in fact, the economic engine of, of our region. And we have to be to be a college of the community. 
Yeah, and if I can add, um, AZ Next being a Department of Labor grant program, one of our actual mandates is to increase DEI in the workforce. Kind of as Kathy mentioned, all of our programs are free. So we uh, are hopefully, you know, overcoming some economic uh, issues with some students unable to maybe attend college or even community college. Uh, but what we also really try to do is we try to, we try to improve the outreach to those communities specifically, which is why we directly communicate with organizations like Chicanos Por La Causa, the Arizona Black Council, the Arizona Coalition of Military Families. Getting the word out about these programs, what we found is a really great tool to getting more diversity mm. in our programs and therefore into the workforce. I have the chills listening to each of yeah. you. And, and well, let's face it, if, if the Arizona economic juggernaut is to continue, given our large and growing Hispanic population, we have to be uh, doing uh, effective outreach, both recruitment and then success once they enter into our programs. Uh, our economic prosperity in the state depends on it. We've been focusing, as I've been speaking, talking about our technical delivery. That's what CTEDs do, JTED does in career and technical education. But we, at this newest location in South Tucson, we partnered with Tucson Unified School District, who delivers the academics. We deliver the technical classes. And at this new school, this new high school, TUSD's newest high school, where we're delivering the technical, the ACT scores came out second only to University High School last spring, which is phenomenal in English language arts. And third, overall, out of 13 TUSD high schools, this new high school in South Tucson that has a career and technical education focus is knocking it out of the park academically. So something really special is going on. And I think it does tie into career and technical education that for some reason, the students are seeing that context, they're learning the relevancy, and uh, they are achieving academically as well as technically. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Uh the statistics that you stated about uh, Arizona Western College are amazing. I'm always also stunned when I hear, since Michael Crow took over ASU as, as the president, how profoundly diverse that institution has become over the years that he's been its, its leader. It's, it's really amazing what's happened there. And now uh, one of the largest uh, universities in the country and I'm really proud of the fact that there's now 30,000 people in the engineering school at ASU and, and again, a very diverse population. So as I said, this is really important to us. It brings it back to, a, I don't know how long ago it was, Steve, you and I did a segment for AZ TechCast with all three of the major universities, the state universities. We had the presidents on, right? And, and the, the camaraderie again, the collaboration, and that you talked about it, that, that healthy competition was oh, there yeah. too, but it was a fantastic conversation that we continue to celebrate here in Arizona, the way in which we work across sectors with each other. Just fantastic. We have about 10 minutes left in our episode today. And again, I'm just really sitting here in awe. As a former educator, I was an assistant principal and third grade teacher for Kyrene School District years and years ago. Actually, nice. we just had our 30th anniversary for the school that we opened. I was the first assistant principal. We had it last weekend and it was uh, Intel donated the land to Kyrene School District back in the early 90s. And and is still very a very active part. Um, and it was kind of when the term STEM was really coined as this is something that we need to focus on. And here's the acronym we're using for it. That's how old I am. Anyway, <laughs> goes a ways back. Uh, but I love I love these conversations because uh, you know we get, need to continue to bring great industry, great opportunities to this great state of Arizona. So with that being said, let's talk about some of the unique challenges that each of your institutions face in building the workforce of the future. And what are, if anything, what are you working for, you know, to, to enhance those and solve those problems? And how can the business community and our tech ecosystem support you in that? If I can maybe start out, it was interestingly, I, earlier this week, I was at a convening of uh, several organizations across the state talking about workforce development. And the same question came up, what, what do we all need to make this work better? Mm -hmm. And the overwhelming choice was we need better collaboration. It would be fabulous if I knew all the things that you're doing down at, uh, in Yuma. 
Uh, and so I would know it's like, hmm, you know, maybe we can do work a program with Yuma. We've got something you need. I've got something you need. We can put it, we could partner and work together. But it's really difficult because unless you have those direct contacts, it's hard to find where all of these great programs are mm. and what they're doing. So if we could come up with a way to network better or a website we could all go to to find out whatever each other is doing. And Steve and I, we've already talked about this and we kind of started working on something like that. But I think that would really be beneficial to the workforce development community. Well, here's my card. And the <laughs> offer of uh, carne asada tacos stands for you too. And, uh, <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> so uh, uh, agreed. And uh, l- let me just uh, touch on a particular challenge in rural Arizona. It's attracting and retaining uh, the trained professionals to provide the training, if you will. We too are trying to do some of the stuff that Kathy's doing down in Tucson. Folks on loan, you know, some of our more advanced medical training programs, we normally have someone from the local hospital on loan teaching those courses. So uh, we also have the challenge of training up our local community to then move to Gilbert or Chandler or Phoenix or Tempe or Flagstaff. Um, So that's a real challenge for us. Uh, Ironically enough, now with the government focus and the state focus on on STEM and, and technology and advanced manufacturing, we actually have enough money right now, just for now. We'll, we'll need some, some very soon. But we have the facilities and, and, and we have the budget to offer this training, but attracting those professionals to actually conduct the training is, is a huge challenge in more rural parts of the state. I would say finding faculty is our largest challenge, even in the metro Tucson area, um, finding uh, content area experts, for example, an RN to teach a, a nursing assistant class or a cybersecurity expert. So we have gone to some partnerships with industry, but in some other areas, we're, we're still working on it. It I would say that is the greatest barrier we face. So we just have to get creative and look at ways to address that. And we are, but at this point in time, that is uh, the biggest concern I have is making sure that we have the faculty right. to do all of the things that we do. I would just add to what Rob said is that at least historically, the workforce development system, while while we're very collaborative in this state, just in general, we sort of have the collaborative gene that a lot of workforce programs have operated in silos. And uh, some of that has to do with the the funding, right? How how they're funded, what their focus is, government rules and, and things of that sort. There's been many efforts to try and break down those uh, silos. And one is the uh, Center for the Future of Arizona is now running uh, uh, workforce development leadership academies. And uh, I participated in the one that they did here in, in Phoenix, and now they're doing one in Tucson. So I think all of those things begin to develop the kinds of relationships and collaborations that are necessary between these programs. And as Rob said, we're working on trying to figure out how to create a platform that helps us all work collaboratively on workforce issues. Because our role is really working with our employers to help identify uh, those work-based opportunities that these programs all uh, relish. So that's our role. Karen, you want to take us home? I think we're almost out of time. Absolutely. we got one last question for you before we say goodbye, and thank you for being here. What key steps does Arizona need to take to double down on its workforce development initiatives and be ready for the state's continued growth? Have we hit all the high notes for uh, that topic? I think we hit most of the high yeah. notes, but I think it's the collaboration, the seamless yep. seamless uh, pathways. It, it really is the key where folks can enter at different points, exit at different points, re-enter at different points. And whether it's a CTED, JTED, a community college, a university, or some combination, some partnership of that, that's the key, I think, to our ultimate success. And for our viewers and our listeners who are tuning in and wanting to get involved, what would each of you recommend, Steve, you included? Where does this leave our business leaders, our executive directors, and even even our educators? What are we what are we what are we uh, inviting them to do? What's the action? Well, I'll chime in there. 
the 10 community colleges serve every county in Arizona. So if you are a business or industry leader or want that connection, reach out to your local community college, ask to sit down in the advisory board, or just stop by and take a look at what training is being done. Give advice on the curriculum, get involved, uh, make that connection. Yeah, I would agree yeah, with I'll that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I'll add to that. So every one of these programs has an industry advisory board, right? Yeah. And it's so critical that the curriculum development and every aspect of the training and education uh, focuses on what the demand is in, in the marketplace. And one of the really important ways to be able to achieve that is, is through these industry advisory boards. So, you know, if whatever industry you're in, whether it's hospitality, technology, they all have the, the need for these kinds of volunteers uh, to provide advice and counsel as these programs are being developed. And uh, so we, the Arizona Tech Council, are helpful very often in facilitating the creation of those kinds of advisory boards from our membership. But uh, really, anybody's eligible because everybody's in some industry that our educational providers are focused on. So uh, reach out to your local community college, university, or uh, CTEP. And remember, involvement with Arizona Western College comes with carne asada tacos. So just... I'm, I'm coming down there. Maybe Rob and I will drive down there together and Very take a good. tour. And, we'd love and, to have you all for down lunch. there. Absolutely. I, I plan on it. I'm and embarrassed that it's been like that long that I've been also, there. I'd like to give a shout out to Arizona Technology Council and getting involved in some of the policies and the things that are happening at the state with uh, our lawmakers and making sure that we are looking at the policies that have an impact on K-12 and community college and university systems. So thank you for that advocacy on behalf of all of us. Absolutely. Education is always one of our priorities uh, when it comes to public policy advocacy. Uh, we've been very involved with uh, the CTED work over the years, getting the legislature to re-embrace how important CTED is. And we work with all the educational institutions. So. Uh, it's one of the more rewarding things that we do because the impact that it has on our student population and the future of Arizona, for sure. So yeah. thank you for that. I, I was actually going to say, you know, if somebody is interested in getting involved in one of these programs, call Steve. He's, he's linked to all of us, yes. and he'll find the right spot for you. And they do. Steve and his team do an incredible job with that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. Steve, I know, I, I, I'm sure you're feeling very proud of, of how Bianca pulled us all together and, and brought this conversation to our viewers and listeners. So thank you for your time. We know each of you are extraordinarily busy, and uh, we're glad you were here to be on our expert panel today. Today's AZ TechCast was brought to you by the Arizona Commerce Authority, the state's leading economic development organization with a streamlined mission to grow and strengthen Arizona's economy. We are always appreciative of Arizona Commerce Authority's support. If you're interested in being a podcast participant or sponsor for the council's AZ TechCast, please contact marketing at aztechcouncil.org to learn more about the opportunities to further position you as a tech expert, influencer, and innovator. Until next time, Karen Nowicki, thank you for joining us for AZ TechCast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of AZ TechCast with Arizona Technology Council, featuring leading tech and business experts that help influence and shape our great state and the industries they serve.